0: Hello, my name is Nicole and Ally, and this is Crispy. Crispy, crime. crime. And this is the podcast where we serve piping hot stories of any and all things crime that we serve with a different drink every episode. Today's drink of the day, mine is a. Ay, sorry, white chocolate mocha, and for Allison, it is a vanilla sweet cream cold brew. So taste this me, A This. Okay, come on, girl. <laughs> okay, I don't know. Describe, moi. coffee is it It tastes like a latte? That's as descriptive as it's gonna get here. Mine is a white chocolate no, Where's the ASMR? <laughs> you can go. Um it tastes like Copico Blanca. Creamy White. Copico Blanca. Eh, <laughs> Yung kay Marianne, Copico Blanca na white. Okay, so today's story is about is about is about a non fictional book called The Maid by Nita Prose. And our story begins by Molly. Molly the Maid. That's her name. So Molly the maid is staring at the room number, room 305. She uh, she stares at it, she remembers what the front desk tells her. She was told that the room had been recently vacated and that it was supposed to be cleaned. So that's why she was there. So she enters the room, her trolley, her cart in hand, and she bumps into two large men. Two behemoths, she says, with face tattoos surrounding their faces. And then she remembers what her grandmother says. Sabi ng grandmother niya. Yeah. Do not judge a book by their covers and so she did not because ano bang alam niya baka naman sila ay two world renowned wrestlers baka they are tattoo artists baka they were rock stars guests of the hotel and so she says excuse me good sir i was told this room was vacated but then before the two big guys could speak two other people came out of the bathroom one was rodney the hotel bartender the second was juan manuel the hotel dishwasher they were friends friends they were acquaintances of molly and so molly says oh it's you two and then juan manuel his eyes were big molly no what are you doing here and then rodney he shushes juan manuel and says molly what are you doing here and then molly she's like isn't it obvious you two silly boys i'm here to clean the room and then before rodney could speak juan manuel rushes to molly and grabs her by the shoulders and says molly don't be concerned about me just go run tell and then rodney comes in he put a hand on juan manuel and says juan manuel how's your family how's how's your mom are they good they're in mexico right i have friends in mexico good friends they can check up on your family and one Manuel's hands go down and says no they're fine no need Molly was like Rodney don't don't interfere I don't feel the least bit con- uncomfortable and then it sinks in What's happening in Molly's head? Rodney, Rodney was jealous of Juan Manuel's attention on Molly, and so Molly was like happy. She was happy that oh, now I finally know Rodney's intentions towards me. She's like a little bit giddy, a little bit blushing. And Rodney was like, "Let me explain, all right? What's happening here?" And Molly's like, "What? What? What here? The mess that you all are creating?" And then Sabinang ng isang malaking guy, "Little lady, we cleaned up this place. Good." Happy <laughs> yeah. Well, you've done a substandard job. As you can see, the carpet needs a vacuum. Your footprints are all over it. See that? Over there by the bathroom. It looks like a herd of elephants stomped through there. Not to mention the side table. Who ate powdered donuts without a plate? And these big fat fingerprints. No offense, but how could you not notice those? They're all over the glass top. I'll have to polish every doorknob. So she did. She spritzed and cleaned and when she was done when she was done. The two big men looked shocked and impressed. And then Rodney broke the silence, "Abney, Rodney. Molly is a, she's a very special girl. That's what Rodney said. You can see that, right? How she's unique. Can you see how helpful she could be? And she's discreet, right, Molly? You're discreet. Discretion is my motto, <laughs> Molly. Invisible customer service is my goal. Then sabi na isang guy. So, you're not a squawker, right? You won't talk. I am a maid, not a gossip. Thank you very much. I am paid to keep my mouth shut and return the rooms to a state of perfection. <laughs> That's what Molly saying. I pride myself on getting the job done and then disappear without a trace. Okay, Molly. Everything will be fine, okay? I think this is in New York, kasi. Everything will be fine. <laughs> Uh, Molly because it's like prim and prop, her grandma says, uh, say, wait, later. I'll tell you everything later. You just do your job like you usually do, okay? You leave this place spotless so no one will ever know Juan Manuel and his buddies are here. And you keep quiet about it. Of course. And if you'll excuse me, I really should get to work. Thank you, Molly. We'll talk more about this later, okay? Let's meet up tonight, okay? I'll explain everything. I would love that. So it's a date? <laughs> yeah. Sure, yeah. Meet me in the lobby at uh, 6. We'll go somewhere talk privately and so in her head in Molly's head this was gonna be her first date with Rodney Rodney the pot and um, and so Molly was so excited she used her break time she never she rarely used her break time to do anything personal so she used her break time to, to buy a beautiful dress that she could wear to Olive Garden because that's where they planned their quote unquote date so they're there now uh, in Olive Garden and Rodney was ready now to like explain himself what happened Molly you're probably wondering what was going on today with, with those men in the hotel room i didn't want you to go away thinking anything bad or or start talking about what you saw i wanted a chance to explain then molly said she she lifted her glass here's to us (laughs) and then somebody ronnie uh like i was saying i wanted to explain what you saw today you really have the most beautiful blue eyes (laughs) ronnie Molly, here's what I need you to know, okay? Those two men in that room, they're Juan Manuel's friends, not mine. Do you understand? And so here's the thing you probably don't know about my buddy Juan Manuel. He's actually not a documented immigrant at the moment. His work permit ran out a while back. He's now working under the table at the hotel. Mr. Snow, her supervisor, doesn't know. If Juan Manuel were caught, he'd be kicked out of the country and would never be able to send money home ever again. You know how important his family is, don't you? I do. Family is very important. Wouldn't you agree? Not so much. Anyway, so there's two men that you saw. The bag they had, that was Juan Manuel's bag. Okay, it wasn't theirs. It definitely wasn't mine. It was Juan Manuel's. Got it? I understand, yes. We all have baggage. Wink, wink, wink. She made a joke. <laughs> so she paused so that Rodney could absorb her joke. She said, that's a joke the men are literally carrying baggage the expression usually refers to psychological baggage you see <laughs> then Randy was like yeah okay so the thing is that juan manuel's landlord figured out his papers expired he kicked him out of the apartment a while back so now he has nowhere to live i've been helping juan manuel sort things out you know like like with the law because I know people. I do what I can to help people make ends meet. All of this is a secret, Molly. Are you good at keeping secrets? Of course I can keep a secret. Cool, so there's more. It's like this, every night, I've secretly been putting Juan Manuel up in a different room at the hotel so he doesn't have to sleep on the streets, but no one can know. You understand, if anyone found out what I was doing, you'd be in a lot of trouble and Juan Manuel would be homeless, yeah. Exactly. Rodney, I am very impressed by you. You are a fine man. (laughs) I try, but I could use your help, Molly. Help? How? It's getting harder for me to, you know, to know which hotel rooms are vacant. Let's just say there there are staffers in the hotel who used to help me slip info, but they might not be so into me anymore. But you, you're beyond suspicion and you know which rooms are free every night. Plus, you're so good at cleaning things up, just like you proved today. It would be amazing if you could tell me which room is empty on any given night. And if you can make sure that the one cleaning it before and after would be you. I mean, you know, Juan Manuel and his friends, they stay there. You know, just make sure there's no sign of anyone having been there at all. I would be delighted to help you in any way I can, Rodney. After Molly said that, he was finishing his food and he dropped his forks, I mean, Molly molly i could kiss you i really could that would be wonderful shall we wait until after you finish your food he thought molly was joking so we have a deal right one friend helping another yes i'll give him a key card and the room number and i'll pop in early every morning to clean the room he and his friends were in the night before cheryl the head maid cheryl's tardiness is legendary so she won't even notice that's perfect molly you really are a special girl so that's how our story begins now who the fuck is molly (laughs) so molly molly is a 25 year old and molly was aware molly was aware her name sounded ridiculous molly the maid that was the joke before she took the job as maid at the Regency Grand Hotel, her name was just a name her mother, her estranged mother, gave her. She had no memory of her mom, just the photos and the stories her grandma would tell her. So she's living with her grandmother now. Now the Regency Grand Hotel was a five-star boutique that prided itself on sophisticated elegance and proper decorum for the modern age. And never in Molly's life did she think that she'd hold such an important position. But she knew others thought differently of the position of maid. Still, Molly loved her job if you love your job you never work a day in your life that's what her grandmother said molly thought she was born to do this she loved cleaning she loved her maid's trolley she loved her uniform yes her uniform molly called it her invisibility cloak her second skin with her uniform she's able to blend in be part of the decor in her uniform as long as she keeps her mouth shut she could be anyone you get it you get it so a little bit about molly so you understand what happened we find out that molly has difficulty in social situations it's not that she had difficulty difficulty socializing she likes to socialize but the people don't like to socialize with her so because she wasn't very good at interpreting expressions she made conversations awkward people whispered about how strange and weird their encounters with molly were never mind that what other thinks it's what you think that matters that's what her grandma would say but her grandma couldn't say that now because her grandma was dead and so the day after her grand died, Molly came to work at the Regency Grand Hotel and Mr. Snow, her manager, looked surprised. Yeah, Molly, what are you doing here? I mean, I'm sorry for your loss. I heard that your grandmother passed away last night, but I called a replacement for your shift. I assume that you take the day off. Mr. Snow, why did you assume? As gran used to say, when you assume. Assume? <laughs> Is that how you say it? Assume? When you assume, you make an ASS out of you and me. <laughs> <laughs> and so, Mo- Molly, are you sure you don't want to take the day off? It was Grant who died, Mr. Snow, not me. The show must go on. So you, you understand her personality. She's like the Sheldon Cooper of maids, parang ganon. And the show did go on because today at work, Molly would find a guest very dead in his bed. Dead? Yes, dead. Mr. Black. The Mr. Black. Everyone at the hotel knows him. Him and his wife Giselle were frequent visitors of the hotel and Mr. Black apparently owned about a quarter of the city. A real real estate tycoon a real real estate tycoon it's hard to say but it was today at 3 p.m when everything went down molly had just finished all of her errands all of her the rooms assigned to her including the black's apartment but she had to return to her suite to finish cleaning the bathroom not because she got lazy don't think for a second that molly was a sloppy and disorganized maid far from it because when molly the maid cleans a room she attacks it she leaves it spotless and pristine she does not cut corners she shines them no fingerprints left to erase and no smears left to clear no yeah yeah was your mama she had to return because the bathroom was occupied at the time of her first sanitation visit it was Giselle Mr. Black's current wife and Molly noticed that she took a rather long time in the shower that day She also noticed Giselle's eyes being puffy and red before she ran off to the bathroom and slammed the door shut. Of course, Molly didn't let her behavior interfere with the task at hand. She immediately got to work cleaning the hotel suite and when she was done, she called out to Giselle in the bathroom just like she was taught and said the words, your rooms have been restored to a state of perfection. I'll return later to clean the bathroom. So as Molly continued her daily task, she decided to take a quick break and visit her friend Juan Manuel in the basement quarters. He noticed her arrive and then he stopped whatever he was doing and handed her a glass of water It's so sweet and then she appreciates this very much and after a quick chat she went back to business cleaning the other suites assigned to her and then at around 3 p.m it was that time to head back to the black's apartment and finish what she started so she was there she knocked on the door and as protocol she said housekeeping no reply so she took her master card stepped inside and said mr and mrs black may i complete my sanitation visit i would very much like to return your room to a state of perfection Still, nothing. That's okay, she thought. She could do her work without the So she left the apartment looking spotless a few hours ago, but it seemed like she'd have to go through everything from scratch. Ah, a maid's work is never done. She noticed the curtains this time. It had been closed. Everything. So many bottles of scotch had been knocked over, and Giselle's purse was no longer where she'd last seen it this morning. She headed to the bedroom at the back of the suite. The door was open. From where she was standing, she could see the bedroom closet with one door still open exactly as she'd left it last time because the safe inside of the closet was also open and it was preventing the door from closing. You understand? One more. So she could see the bedroom closet from outside the sitting room and uh, the closet door was open like she left it last time because the safe inside the closet was open then. So she can't close it because oh, yun safe okay. sa open. She could see some of the safe's contents were still intact but there were others that were notably missing. She turned her attention away from the closet and carefully entered the bedroom, and only then did she find him, Mr. Black. He was wearing the same suit he had on earlier, only the paper in his breast pocket was gone. He was lying down, flat on his back on the bed. The bed was creased as though he'd been tossing and turning a lot before settling on his back. His head was resting on one pillow, not two, and the other two were askew beside him. Molly would have to locate the fourth pillow, which she distinctly remembers placing it on the bed this morning. Of course, of course, of course, why am I saying it wrong? Of course, her first thought seeing the scene was that Mr. Back was just napping soundly. But then she noticed other oddities in the room. Like an open bottle of medication on the bedside table. Small blue pills cascaded out of the bottle and some on the floor, crushed up on the carpet as though it had been stepped on. Uh, utak nimali, she was like, This would require high vacuum suction, followed by a carpet deodorizer to return the carpet pile to a state of perfection. That was going on in her mind (laughs) while someone was dead on the bed. It was then that Molly realized she hadn't heard any breathing. She lightly tapped him on the shoulder. It, It felt rigid and cold, like a piece of furniture. She put a hand in front of his mouth. No, 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 no. She said as he checked his pulse. Sir, sir, wake up. By this time, Molly was panicking slightly and shuffled to the other side of the bed with a phone to call down to the front desk. Regency Grand Hotel, how can I help you? Good afternoon. I am not a guest. <laughs> I don't usually call for help. This is Molly, the maid. I am in the penthouse suite, suite 401, and I am dealing with a rather unusual situation. An uncommon mess of sorts. Why are you calling reception? Call housekeeping. I am housekeeping. Please, if you could alert Mr. Snow that there is a guest who is permanently indisposed. Permanently indisposed? He was very dead. Dead in his bed. Call Mr. Snow and please dial emergency services immediately. So Molly hung up. She looked up in front of her and there was a mirror reflecting not only her terrified face, but something she failed to notice. Then she fainted. Not long after that. When Molly regained consciousness, she was still in the suite but not in the bedroom. She was by the front door and she quickly ran back to the phone and called down the reception for the second time but this time she demanded to speak to mr snow directly hello what is it this is molly mr black is dead i am in his room please call emergency services immediately and so after 13 minutes mr snow arrived with an army of police and medical personnel he led her down to his office and he gave her a comforting cup of tea and some biscuits so now we are sitting in mr snow's office alone molly is molly thought it best to recount all of what happened today she recalls meeting up with her boss cheryl in the morning the head maid now cheryl cheryl was lazy all Always late and whenever she would do her quote-unquote morning rounds it was just code for visiting the penthouses assigned to Molly just so she could steal all the larger tips and leave Molly the spare change. Molly knew she did that but she couldn't prove it. After that she had greeted Sunshine and Sunita, the two other maids. Sunshine is from the Philippines and Sunita is from Sri Lanka. Unlike Cheryl, Molly respected their work ethics. So after meeting her colleague, she remembered going to the basement. She remembered talking to Juan Manuel that afternoon to hand him the key card for the day. She'd been slipping him key cards for at least a year now, ever since she was informed of his unfortunate situation. She remembers seeing a burn mark on Juan Manuel's wrist, very round and red. What are those? Did you burn yourself? Ah, yes, I burned myself. On the washer, yes. Yeah, Filipino is almost Mexican, right? <laughs> That was after that, oh, she met Juan Manuel, she went to The Social because it was time to pick up the morning papers. The Social is a restaurant and bar, uh, bar and grill inside the hotel. That is where Rodney, the bartender, was stationed. So she was there to meet Rodney with his thick wavy hair, his white dress shirt, with the top buttons, tastefully undone. I've arrived, she said. <laughs> oh, hey Molly, here for the morning papers? Your assumption is 100% correct. He handed the papers and before Molly could go, he said, And Molly, by the way, thanks for what you're doing to help uh, my friend Juan Manuel. You're a really special girl. He keeps saying that to her. That was later that morning, Molly headed up to the fourth floor for her first sanitation visit to Black Suite. So just as she was about to knock, Mr. Black came out of the room, said, Out of my way. My apologies, Mr. Black. Have an enjoyable day. And then she entered and then she saw Giselle, the wife. She was clearly distressed, and so Molly said, Is this a good time for me to return your suite to a state of perfection? And Giselle, (laughs) it's getting annoying, no? And Giselle didn't reply. She just ran to the bathroom and slammed the door. And then she called out to Giselle. Well then, if you don't mind, I'll just tidy up in here while you prepare yourself to seize the day. (laughs) She surveyed the room during her first sanitation visit. The curtains were open In the bedroom, she'd made their bed, two soft pillows, and two hard pillows. The closet door was open. The safe was open, and she noticed passports, some very legal documents, and some stacks of crisp $100 notes, at least five of them. She went back to the sitting room, where there were envelopes scattered on the floor, and next to that was Giselle's purse. Molly went over to organize everything and noticed a flight itinerary sticking out of the purse. Two one-way flights to the Cayman Islands. At this time, Giselle stepped out of the bathroom, still looking quite sad. So Molly handed her a tissue. Need a tissue for your issue? That's sweet, Molly but a tissue won't do much are you quite all right can i help you in any way not today molly i don't have the energy okay very well she's still happy i'm sure she didn't take it too heart may i clean your bathroom now no molly i'm sorry not right now i'll come back later to clean it then good idea so she curtsied in response to the compliment <laughs> and then she retrieved her trolley and made her way out the door so she hasn't finished cleaning the bathroom pa so babalik she later okay so now we're back at the present molly is in mr snow's office and as she's finished recalling today's events in walks mr snow and another female officer molly this is detective stark detective this is molly gray she's the one who found mr black now remember molly isn't good with social interactions so she isn't sure what protocol to follow when meeting someone of the law Pero she looks down at what she was holding it's the teacup she'd been given and then she stands up was about to place the teacup on mr snow's desk but there's no clue so Molly looks around she finds the coaster on the top shelf she grabs the coaster and puts it down and finally she gingerly places her cup down there and then (laughs) (laughs) and then she faces the detective detective what an awful day for you and detective oh it wasn't all awful I've just been running through it in my mind actually it was actually mostly pleasant until approximately three o'clock (laughs) <laughs> her face her face is very like what the fuck that's the face of the detective and mr snow she's very ano, kasi sa details, eh. she i don't know it's never really said that she has ocd but she's very ano, she remembers things she yeah and then she's very the way she goes about things talaga, there's a process so the detective looks at mr snow sabi ni mr snow Shock. She's in shock. And then, Mr. Snow, thank you so much for the cup of tea and the lovely shortbread biscuit. Did you bring them or did someone else? I truly enjoyed both. May I ask, what brand is the shortbread? Mr. Snow, he clears his throat. Me, yeah. Those are made in our own kitchens, Molly. I would be happy to bring you more another time. But right now, it's important to discuss something else. Right now, Detective Stark has a few questions for you. Seeing as how you were the first on the scene of Mr. Black's um deathbed, Yes. Death bad, Molly. Yes. Uh, You're not in any trouble, but the detective would like to talk to you as a witness. Perhaps there are details you notice about the scene or about today that would be helpful to the investigation. The investigation. So would you say that Mr. Black was murdered? And so the detective's eyes were like, what is she saying? Uh, Well, it's more likely that he died of a heart attack. There's petechial hemorrhaging around his eyes, consistent with cardiac arrest. I mean, Mr. Snow. Petechial hemorrhaging. Tiny bruises around the eyes. Happens during a heart attack, but it could also mean other things. At this point, we don't really know for sure. We'll be doing a thorough investigation to rule out foul play. So, uh, at the mention of foul play, Molly's mind is reminded of a very funny joke her grandmother told her. Molly, what do you call a poor rendition of Hamlet performed by chickens? FOUL PLAY! F-O-W-L FOUL PLAY! So now Molly is smiling in front of the detective and Mr. Snow and then they're like, Molly do you realize how how messed up the situation is? I'm sorry Mr. Snow, I just remembered a joke. Molly, I'd like to bring you to the station seven detective, to take your witness statement. Now first Molly resisted because her shift was not over but she, then she was convinced by Mr. Snow that he that you know she had to to help out with the case And so the detective led the way and they were now heading to the station. So now, at the station, Molly, is there anything I can get you before we begin? Tea? And so the detective came back with a styrofoam cup with coffee instead of tea and Molly. She she detested styrofoam cups, pero she wouldn't make a fuss. Thank you. (laughs) Sorry, Molly. And so I'd like to ask you what you saw when you entered the back suite this afternoon. Did you see anything unusual or out of place? Detective, the black suite was in its usual state of disarray when I entered this afternoon. There wasn't much out of the ordinary except the pills on the bedside table. We're looking into those pills. They're Giselle's. She didn't mean to say this but she had. How do you know the pills are Giselle's? The containers weren't labeled. I know because I handle all of Giselle's toiletries. I line them up when I clean the bathroom. I like to organize them from tallest to smallest. Though I'll sometimes ascertain first if a guest prefers a different method of organization. A different method? Yes, such as makeup products, medicine, feminine hygiene products, or shaving implements, moisturizers, hair tonics. Do you see? (laughs) (laughs) When you arrived in the Black's room, did you get straight to the bedroom? So this is going to be important, huh? Sabine Molly, no, that would be against protocols. First, I announced my arrival, thinking that perhaps someone was in the suite. And as it turns out, I was 100% correct on that assumption that down so the officer <laughs> so detective write what down what i just said so the officer writes down and then she continues to explain walking inside and then finding mr black so somebody detective do you know mr black very well have you had conversations with him beyond just cleaning their suite what about giselle black so at this point we find out that giselle and molly had more had more than just a guest made relationship they were friends Giselle would rant about what her husband would do, her problems with her husband, how Mr. Black would cheat on her, how he got jealous, he beats her, how his previous family hates her, but his ex-wife was an angel. And Molly would clean. She would clean and listen. Whenever Molly would react to things wrong, Giselle would teach her the proper way to react to things. So she, she likes that about Giselle. She uses her words. So she's remembering their friendship and they have detective, Molly? Molly. Again, I'm gonna ask, did you and Giselle Black ever talk? Molly detective I am a hotel maid who would want to talk to me and then thank you Molly uh, it's been a tough day for you I can see that let me take you home and so that was the end of the first uh, time at the station so it is now the next day It was supposed to be Molly's day off she just saw a dead body you no. Know? but then mr snow had called her the night before and it seemed that cheryl the head maid had taken the news of mr black's death quite badly she says that she is experiencing extreme trauma so she won't be able to come in tomorrow molly do you think you could come in her place and work the day shift tomorrow again i'm sorry that of course she said an extra day of work isn't going to kill me sorry (laughs) Bad joke, you know. And so she was here walking up the steps of the Grand, of the Regency Grand Hotel. Mr. Preston, the doorman, he saw her. Said, oh Molly, tell me you're not working today. I am. Cheryl called in sick last night. Of course. Molly, uh, are you alright? You you had quite a scare yesterday, so I hear. I'm terribly sorry about uh, what you saw. No need, Mr. Preston. By the way, did Mr. Black receive any visitors yesterday? Friendly or otherwise? And yet No, not that I noticed. Why do you ask? Oh no reason And then Molly went inside the hotel and and began her usual routine. But then before she could start, mister Snow shoved the paper in her face. It read, Wealthy tycoon Charles Black turns up dead in the Regency Grand Hotel. And then as she's reading the article and mister Snow is ranting about the reputation of the hotel, Sabine, Mr Snow, the article mentions Giselle Black. Do you know where she's staying? Is she staying here in the hotel, I mean? Then he pulls her aside. Giselle is staying here at the hotel. But you're not to pass that along. She has nowhere else to go. Do you understand? I moved her to the second floor. Sunita will clean her room from now on. And then Molly continues. She has that information in her head now. And then at one point, she stops at the social to where Rodney works. And she was going to grab the papers. And then she saw that Rodney had a black eye. And so she asked. Rodney. Oh, it was stupid. I was helping Juan Manuel with a bag in in his room. And I, I ran into the door. Ask him. He'll tell you. Listen, listen, Lori. I heard you found Mr. Black yesterday and that they took you to the cop shop to ask you questions. I can't talk now, but but why don't you come back later after the shift? We can grab a booth and you can tell me everything, every last detail, okay? It would be lovely to meet you later, Rodney. 5 p.m. shop. Is this a date? Uh yeah sure so yeah so it's their their I think I don't know pang ilang quote quote date nato pero they met at Olive Garden again so fast forward to the end of their shift there at Olive Garden so so tell me Molly uh why were you there with the cops I hope nothing one about Juan Manuel came up then Molly was like huh? no that has nothing to do with Mister Black right right of course of course it doesn't but you know cops can be nosy I just want to make sure he's safe can you tell me what happened what you saw in the suite today I mean. I'm sure you're really scared. Maybe it would help to say it out loud, you know, to, to, to a friend. And then she told him what happened, finding Mr. Black about the pills, about their- about the pills being Giselle's. And then Rodney just kept firing questions after questions, Sabina Rodney, and was Giselle there? But did Mr. Black die of natural causes or, or not? Did they ask anything else about Giselle? About me? And then, why would they ask about you, Rodney? Oh no, that was stupid. No idea why I said that. I forget it. I, I guess I'm just worried. For Giselle. For the hotel. For us. For all of us really. And then during their date, they exchanged numbers. And Molly put a heart on her name, Safonia. <laughs> and then Savini Roddy. Yeah. yeah, it's like she she it's her perspective and eh, what's happening. Eh. So so they exchange numbers and say, call me if anything comes up. Niya, they went out and then Mr. Preston noticed them together, the strange encounter. And then say, Molly, Molly, you be careful with that one, okay? With Rodney? Why? Because that, dear girl, is a frog and not all frogs turn to be princes. Ah, Mr. Preston catches on so that evening molly makes her way back home she was very happy because she just got home from her date with rodney and then she spots a familiar figure at the base of her apartment it was giselle but this is the first time they met after the death of the husband of giselle and so quickly she brought her up to her apartment and then giselle she spilled the beans she explained everything how the day that the the cops found him dead they were they had a fight giselle wanted to ask mr black if he could consider canceling their prenup or at least putting the cayman villa in her name he can keep growing his business his black empire but at least he could give her the deed to the villa a place to call her own a home and at the mention of home thou he lost it and that's when mr black Came out of the hotel and said ni "Out of the way, guy Molly." Have yeah, Molly? That's when you came into the suite. Remember? And Molly nods. Molly, did you tell the police anything about Charles and me about our relationship? Relationship? Our relationship? No. D- did you Did you tell them anything about me? I did not hide the truth, but I also did not volunteer it. Sorry, eh? <laughs> so she better. She changes the rules to suit her situation. But she's not aware that that's what she's doing. In her mind, it's still correct. Oh, Molly. Bless your heart, Molly the Maze. So, do you think you might be able to get into our suite still? It's closed off right now, but I left something in there. Something I desperately need. I I tucked it up in the bathroom fan. That's why she was taking too long to the bathroom. So, what is it that you want me to retrieve? My gun. I'm at risk, Molly. I'm vulnerable now that Mr. Black is gone. Everyone wants a piece of me. I need protection, Molly. Uh, uh, I'll do my best to retrieve your... item. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) yeah. Oh, bless your heart, Molly Maid. And then, after that, Giselle left the apartment, but before she could leave, fully, Molly "Oh Wait, Giselle! How did you know where to find me? How did you get my home address? Oh, uh, someone at the hotel gave it to me. Who? Um, Rodney. I can't quite remember, but don't worry, I won't bug you all the time or anything. And thanks, Molly, for the talk, for being you. And then the next day, the police were finally finished with the investigation sa room ng, mis- ng Black. And then they turned everything upside down, and Cheryl, the headmaid, added the room to Molly's roster of rooms to clean. So before Molly could start cleaning the Black suite, she went over to Rodney to give him the latest tease. I mean, yeah. Giselle came to see me at my house. She was waiting outside my building when I got home. Can you believe it? Oh, what a surprise. How you, Rodney? And Rodney's tone was odd, as if he wasn't surprised at all. So what did Giselle want? Well, this is a secret between friends, Rodney. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, okay, anyway, we've got to talk about Juan Manuel. And then Rodney explains how the best suite that, Rod- that Juan Manuel can stay tonight is the black suite since the cops were gone and it would not be rented out to any guest anytime soon. So he also asked for one more favor from Molly. He handed Molly a bag, calling it Juan Manuel's overnight bag, and asked her to hide it somewhere. Anything for you uh, and Juan Manuel? And then that morning, Molly headed up to the black suite and then she cleaned everything, everything the the cops left behind, leaving the bathroom for last. But now it was time. Molly could not avoid the bathroom anymore. She went inside, cleaned the bathroom, grabbed the gun from behind the fan, and she thought about where to hide it. And remembered, she had a vacuum cleaner that she had brought up. So she unzipped the vacuum bag, took out the dirty filter, and she stuffed the gun into the new filter. And just as she was about to throw away the old filter, a dusty clump of dirt falls out and something shiny catches her eye. A ring. It was a man's ring. It was Mr. Black's wedding ring. So- Le Filter. So she had to take out the punong filter, put the new filter in, put the gun in. She was about to um, throw away the old filter. Then the ring fell out of the old filter. Molly wasted no time at all. As soon as the clock struck 12, her lunch break, Molly raced out of the hotel doors. Cheryl, the headmate, called her out for her suspicious behavior, but Molly simply responded, I am aware of my legal right to take a break and will do so today and any other day I choose. Is that acceptable or should I run it by Mr. Snow? That shut Cheryl up. And off Molly went to the nearest pawn shop to sell the ring she had just found. Para <laughs> uh, it's out of character for her, no? <laughs> random. No, it's not really random. Same, yeah truthfully, Molly was having a hard time keeping up with her monthly rent since her grandmother died. Cuz she maiden grandma grandmaya, and they were sharing rent. And yung grandma, so medio harap nasho magpay ng rent. But like, she, would brought that up sa police. she just found it that day, didn't he? So during lunch break that day, she ran to the pawn shop. She ran. <laughs> she didn't walk. Don't walk. She, yeah, Man. run. She ran to the pawn shop and then <inaudible> sabi and Grandma niya, she remembers, The good Lord gives and the good Lord takes away. So she took this as a sign of her prayers being answered. Then she pawned the ring. And so now after pawning the ring, Molly walks back to the hotel with a few more minutes in her lunch break to spare. But Mr Preston, the doorman, he stopped her before she could enter. Sabiya, Molly, go home. Mr. Preston, I can't go home now. I'm only halfway through my shift. Molly, use the back door, please. Are you quite all right, Mr. Preston? Do you need assistance, you old man? No, no, she didn't say old man. Apparently, he was old. Yeah. Do you need assistance? And then from outside the hotel, she could see that Detective Stark was inside with Mr. Snow, and then she understood... It's quite alright, Mr. Preston. A few more questions won't kill me. And it wouldn't kill her, no in but it would require her going back to the station again. And that's what happened. People were crowding in the lobby as they watched Detective Stark escort Molly outside the hotel. And then this is her second time at the station. Ah. The questions start. How may I be of service to you, Detective Stark? How can you be of service to me? Well, wow, Molly the maid, you can start by telling the truth. Since we're talking about the truth, I'd like to share with you the results of Mr. Black's toxicology report. No autopsy report yet, but we'll have that soon enough. Mr. Black had drugs in his system, the same drugs that was on his bedside table and scattered on the floor in his bedroom. Giselle's medicine. Medicine? Benzodiazepine, laced with some other street drugs. Anyhow, it wasn't the pills that killed him. He had a lot in his system, but not enough to kill him. Then what do you believe killed him then? We don't know yet, but but I assure you we'll get to the bottom of this and the full autopsy report will determine if the petechial hemorrhaging was due to am <laughs> will determine if the hemorrhaging was due to a cardiac arrest or if something more sinister happened what i'm seeking is the truth molly about how mr black died and right now i also want to know the truth about you we've uncovered some interesting information in the last 48 hours when we spoke the other day you said you didn't know giselle black particularly well but as it turns out that's not true Giselle has confided in me in the past, yes. That doesn't mean I know her as well as I'd like. Mr. Black had a temper. It was hard not to notice Giselle's bruises. She's confessed he was the cause of them. You do realize we've been talking to other employees at the hotel, right? I would have expected as much, yes. I'm sure you'll find them very helpful to your investigation. They've told us a lot, Molly. Not only about Giselle and Mr. Black, but about you, Molly. We've been talking to Cheryl. you're super <laughs> Cheryl said that she observed a friendly relationship between you and Giselle, a kind of special kinship that was unusual between a guest and a maid, especially for you since you don't really have friends or so I'm told. known detective. Tell me, did you ever receive tips from Giselle or large sums of money? She and Mr. Black tipped me well, Molly you're rapidly becoming a person of interest to us do you understand what that means you've proven that you're ca- proven you're proven that you're capable of leaving out important details of bending the truth to suit you i'm going to ask you one more time are you in contact with giselle black and molly thought about this i said she doesn't lie she just bends the truth So <laughs> <laughs> i am not currently in contact with giselle though as i understand it she seems to remain a guest at the hotel well let's hope for your sake that's the truth molly and let's hope the autopsy report shows a natural cause of death until then you are not to leave the country or attempt to hide from us in any way you're not under arrest do you have a valid uh, passport molly no if you're lying i'll find out i can look you up you know don't go anywhere you understand may i go home may i go to the store to the restroom and what about work <sighs> yes of course you can go home and into all the places you'd usually go and yes you can go to work what i'm saying is We'll be watching you, Molly Gray. Watching me do what? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it is you're hiding. Whoever you're trying to protect will find out. One thing I've learned in my business is that you can hide dirt for a while. But at some point, it'll all come to the surface. Do you understand? You're you're asking me if I understand dirt? Yes, detective. I understand dirt better than most. And so after the station, she's released now. After the station, she's at home. She calls guests. Yourself. Rodney! She calls Rodney! And then she Hello, Rodney. I hope I haven't caught you at an unopportune time. What? An inopportune. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. At an inconvenient time. I hope I haven't caught you in an inopportune moment. All good. What up? She <laughs> and Molly she spells the truth. How Mr. Black didn't exactly die of, a, for, of overdose. How the police suspect Giselle and maybe her as well and how Giselle asked her to get her gun from the former suite and how the gun is currently hidden in her vacuum cleaner by her locker at the hotel we have to get that gun Molly we have to make it disappear don't worry Molly I'll take care of everything thank you Rodney there's another thing actually I need to tell you Mr. Black's wedding ring I found it in the street. And, well, this is very hard for me to admit, but I recently found myself in some acute financial distress. I took the ring to a pawn shop today so I could pay my rent. I, I can't believe it. I really can't believe it. <laughs> she could hear him almost laughing at the other end of the line. But she wasn't sure. I made a terrible mistake, Rodney. I never thought I'd be interrogated again. I thought that part was over. If the police found out I pawned Mr. Black's ring... It will appear as though I killed them for financial gain. Can you see that? Absolutely, I can. Wow, it's uh, it's incredible. Uh, listen, everything's gonna turn off just fine. Leave everything? Tell me, Molly. Don't go out tonight, okay? Don't go anywhere. I never do, Rodney. Thank you so, so much. So the next morning. <laughs> Why is your face like that? what parang ako Suspicious? uh, Yeah. Okay, Rodney. But you're not suspicious of Molly? No. Okay. So the next morning, Molly was woken up by the loud knock on her door. She opened the door to a police officer and detectives talk. Molly. You're under arrest for unlawful possession of a firearm possession of drugs and first degree murder <laughs> you have the right to remain silent and to refuse to answer questions. anything you say may be used against you in a court of law you have the right to consult an attorney before speaking to the police and to have an attorney present during questioning now and in the future she was still in her pajamas and extremely aware of the fact that she was not properly dressed would anyone like a couple and then she fainted <laughs> <laughs> She woke up in the cell at the police station before Detective Stark could fetch her and escort her to another room. Sit. You've been here so often, it must feel like home. This is nothing like home. Somebody, Molly. And then the Detective gave her a muffin and a cup of coffee. Eat. We wouldn't want you passing out again. Molly, you realize we've laid charges against you for unlawful possession of a firearm, for possession of drugs, and for first-degree murder. We believe you killed Mr. Black. Or you had something to do with it. Or... You know who did the autopsy report has come in it's definitive molly it wasn't a heart attack it was asphyxiation 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 i can't say that word that's how we died molly how many pillows do you leave on every bed that you make at the hotel molly knew the answer obviously but she had her mouth full she was eating the muffin it would be impolite to reply right now so, so the detective answered four molly four pillows are on every bed i verified this with mr snow and some of the other maids but there were only three pillows on Mr. Black's bed when I arrived at the scene of the crime. Where did the fourth pillow go, Molly? Molly swallowed. I will say this in a new way, Detective. I did not kill Mr. Black, and I most certainly didn't asphyxiate him with a pillow. Molly, we've spoken with many of our co-workers. Do you know how they describe you? They say you're awkward, standoffish, a neat freak, a weirdo, and worse. They say that they could totally picture you murdering someone. In Molly's head. Cheryl. (laughs) Detective, I don't like speaking ill of people. But since you're pressing me, Cheryl Green cleans sinks with her toilet rag. She calls in sick even when she's well. She spies into people's lockers and she steals tips. If she's capable of theft and hygiene crimes, how low would she go? How low would you go, Molly? You stole Mr. Black's wedding ring and pawned it. What? I didn't steal it. I found it. Who told you that? Cheryl followed you all the way to the pawn shop. She knew you were up to something. We found the ring in the front window, Molly. The shopkeeper described you perfectly. Someone who blends in into the crowd until she speaks. The kind of person you'd easily forget about under most circumstances. I I, I applied the wrong rule in my head. I applied the finer's keeper's rule. What I should have applied was the do-on-to-others rule. I regret that choice, detective. But it does not make me a thief. You've stolen other things, Molly. "'Mr. Snow has seen you stealing food from discarded trays and small pots of jam.' "'He... he is telling the truth,' he admits. "'I have liberated discarded food, food that would have been ended up in the trash bin anyway. "'It is not theft. "'One of your colleagues, a fellow maid, said she was worried that you can't spot danger.' "'Did you speak with Mr. Preston, the doorman? You will vouch for me.' "'We did speak to the doorman. He said you were blameless. Weird.' And Juan Manuel, the dishwasher? Did you talk to him? Why would we talk to a dishwasher, Molly? Who even is he? Well, 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 what about Rodney Styles, the bartender at The Social? As a matter of fact, I have. He said he thought you were, quote-unquote, more than capable of murder. It was as if her world came crashing down. Your fingerprints were all over Black's suite. Of course they were, Detective. I clean that suite every day. And did you also clean Mr. Black's neck? Because traces of your cleaning solution were found there too. Be- because I checked his pulse before calling for help. You had various plans for killing him, Molly. So why in the end did you choose Asphyxiation, exfixi- mm-hmm. I can't say it. Rather than the gun. Did you really think you wouldn't get caught? Molly was on the verge of tears now. We found the weapon. weapon- We found the weapon in your vacuum cleaner. What were you doing meddling in my vacuum cleaner? The only person who knew about the vacuum was Rodney. What were you doing hiding a gun in it, Molly? We tested your housekeeping cart, and it tested positive for cocaine. We know you're not the kingpin here, Molly. You're simply not smart enough for that. We believe that Giselle introduced you to Mr. Black, and that she groomed you to work for her husband. We believe you and Mr. Black were well acquainted, and that you were helping him hide lucrative drug operations he was running through the hotel. Something must have gone wrong between the two of you. Maybe you got angry with him. Or maybe you were helping Giselle out of a bad situation. Either way, you were involved. So as I said, this can go one of two ways. You can plead guilty immediately to all charges, including first-degree murder. The judge will take your swift guilty plea confession into consideration and early demonstration of regret. Plus, any information you can provide about the drug running happening in this hotel could go a long way in lightening your sentence. I'd like one phone call, please. I, I demand to speak to a lawyer. And so they gave her a phone, and she looked over her entire list of contacts. All eight people. <laughs> she only knows eight people. All eight people is Giselle, her grandmother who died, Cheryl, her head- the head maid, Olive Garden, because she loves Olive Garden, Mr. Preston, the doorman, Rodney, the bartender, her landlord, and then Mr. Snow. And then she found her fingers dialing Mr. Preston. So after that, Mr. Preston and his daughter, Charlotte, arrived at the station not, al- not long after their call molly i'm charlotte it's my professional advice that you remain silent at this time oh and it's very nice to meet you my dad has told me a lot about you sabini detective you realize that you, to release her you've got to pay a bail of eight hundred thousand dollars now let me see i think that's just a spot above a maid's earnings and assets am i right you're right detective sabini charlotte maids and Dorman are often underpaid and undervalued but litigators we do all right better than detectives so i'm told I personally posted bail with a check out front And then Charlotte smiles at Detective Stark But even Molly could tell It was not a friendly smile So they enter the courthouse And after explaining her situation to the judge The judge grants her bail And lets go of the three of them Okay so they're back in Molly's apartment And so they're getting down to business Charlotte asks Molly to tell her everything and so again molly retells her her friendship with giselle how she was beat and frequently cheated on about finding mr black on his bed about the drugs on the table about how giselle visit her visited her and asked her a favor involving her gun how she had hid the gun in the vacuum cleaner and pawned mr black's wedding ring that very same day she also shared the fact that mr black's cause of death was actually asphyxiation did i say it right i don't know she she said all of that and then charlotte said what about the drug charges do you understand how those came about there were traces of cocaine on my maid's trolley. I, I have no idea how that's even possible. I promised Gran long ago that I'd never in my life touch a drug. Okay, uh, let's go back to the gun. How did the police find it in your vacuum cleaner? Rodney. <laughs> <laughs> when the police talked to me yesterday, I was afraid. Very afraid. I went straight home and called Rodney. My dear Molly. See Mr. Preston and Nick rodney used cheryl to tip off the police can you see that he likely used the gun and the ring in your possession to divert suspicion away from himself and toward you and then she continues on about juan manuel's work permit expiring some time ago how he he has nowhere to live and how rodney secretly helps him stay overnight in empty hotel rooms she explains the overnight bag she drops off and how she cleans up after juan manuel and his friends every morning and it's only then as the words leave her mouth she finally understands Rodney's big bucky friends, the dust, the parcels, the burn marks on Juan Manuel's wrist, the overnight bags, the traces of cocaine on her trolley. He was being forced and coerced to cut drugs. Juan Manuel. They had to get him on his side. So Mr. Preston calls Juan Manuel and explains how they know everything. How he shouldn't be afraid because his daughter is a lawyer and they were devising a plan to catch Rodney as they speak. So... They were going to force him to join, but they did give him Molly's address in case he wanted to meet them that afternoon. And sure enough, there was a knock at the door, and it was Juan Manuel. Hola, mijo. No, I didn't say that. He didn't say that. You didn't. Say that. <laughs> okay. So he starts explaining. So you know how every night I stayed in a different room at the hotel? How you how you gave me a key card, a different key card each night? Yes. And then he explains that he really did need a place to stay since he had no more money. When he needed his work permit extended, Mr. Rodney found out and recommended his quote-unquote lawyer friend who could help out with his papers. So Juan Manuel gave him a lot of money, most of his savings, but in the end, no permit. Mr. Rodney kept saying the phrase, I scratch your back, you scratch mine. So after my shift in the kitchen, I'd sneak into whatever hotel room with the key card Molly gave me. Molly, she'd leave my bag there for me. But that bag, it was never mine. It was Mr. Rodney's. His drugs were inside. Cocaine. And some other things, too. He used to bring more drugs later in the night when no one else was around. And then he'd leave. All night he made me work. Sometimes alone. Sometimes with Mr. Rodney's men. He said, if I don't keep quiet to his dirty work, he would kill my family back home. You don't understand. He has bad friends. He knew my address in Mexico. (laughs) Address. He knew my address in Mexico. What else do you know, Juan Manuel? There's another thing, he says. Mr. Rodney never talked to me directly about Mr. Black. But I know he knows the wife. The new wife. Mrs. Giselle. That's not possible! Sabine Molly. Rodney assured me he barely ever spoke to her, but even as she said that she realized how stupid she sounded. How do you know Rodney knows Giselle? Sabine Charlotte. Juan Manuel takes out his phone from his pocket, flicks through some photos until he finds the one he's looking for. Because I caught him. (laughs) What accent is this? How do you say in English? Uh, In flagrante delito. Sabine Mr. Preston. In flagrante. Yes, like this. Then he shows the phone and it shows a picture. Of Rodney and Giselle, they were kissing passionately in a shadowy hallway of the hotel. And so, the plan was set into action. So after everyone was brought up to speed, they went into plan mode. It took Molly over an hour to get the details of her story straight. They practiced and practiced, acting out every possible scenario they could think of. Step one of the plan was to text Rodney. Rodney, we must meet urgently. Mr. Black was mardard. I made revelations to the police of which you should be aware of. I'm sincerely sorry. After a few seconds, you can see the three dots pop up on her screen. And then a ping. Molly, what the fuck? Meet me in 20 minutes at Olive Garden. So fast forward to Olive Garden. Uh, Molly was catching Rodney up to speed with the news of Mr. Black dying of exfixiation. I don't know if I'm saying it right. Oh, uh, and are you the obvious suspect? In fact, I am not. They are looking for something else. So everything she's saying was thought by the team, they told her to say that. Detective Stark said the person of interest was most likely motivated by Mr. Black's will. She thinks they maybe even discussed his will with him before they killed him. Poor Giselle, do you know that Mr. Black didn't leave her a thing? Not a single thing, the poor, poor woman. The the detective told you that? But that can't be. I know for a fact it can't be. Do you? I thought you weren't well acquainted with Giselle. I'm not, but I know people who know her well. Anyway, let's just get to the point. Didn't Mr. Black leave Giselle the villa in the Caymans? Did the detective mention that? Hmm, I don't recall anything about a villa. I think the detective said almost everything goes to the first Mrs. Black and the children. Wait, Molly, so you're telling me the police volunteered all of this information to you for no good reason? And weren't the detectives concerned about the gun in your vacuum? I mean, I'm assuming that's why they took you to the station. What? Of course not. Why would they tell me anything? I'm just the maid. Detective Stark left me in the room by myself. And you know how it is. People forget I'm there. I overheard all of this at the station. As for the gun, it seems Cheryl found the gun and alerted them. Interesting that she knew where to look. For someone so lazy, it's hard to imagine her searching a dusty vacuum bag. So, what did the police tell you when they asked about the gun? I simply explained whose gun it was and where I found it. But there's something dreadful I have to tell you, Rodney. It's why I called you here. Once the issue of Giselle's gun was out of the bag, the detective said they would sweep the former black suite yet again. And then she brings her napkin her to her eyes like she's about to cry. But she, she's spearing so she sees Rodney's Anna. And then what? I said, oh, you can't do that. Juan Manuel is staying in the suite. The detective asked, Who's Juan Manuel? And so I told them, Oh, Rodney, I probably shouldn't have. I told them how Juan Manuel is your friend and how you've been helping him because he has no work permit. You mentioned me to the detective? Yes, and I told them about the overnight bags and the cleaning up after Juan Manuel and your friends and how good and kind they've all been. They're his friends, not mine. Well, whoever they are, they sure do drag a lot of mess into rooms. But don't worry, I made sure to tell the detective what a good man you are, even if your friends are a little, uh, dusty. Molly, what have you done? I realize I have caused a bit of an issue for Juan Manuel. What if he's still in the black suite when they check it again? Yeah, I mean, we've got to make sure he's not there when they check, and we've got to clean that room out fast before the police arrive, you know, so, so there's no traces of uh, Juan Manuel but i am not allowed to enter the hotel but that doesn't mean you can't enter what if i quickly sneak into the hotel grab the the room key and give it to you you can use my trolley to clean up the room by yourself wouldn't that be something you cleaning up your own mess i mean juan manuel's mess so after a few moments rodney said okay all right you get me that sweet key i clean the room and so the next morning step two of the plan takes place mister Preston the doorman is at his regular post at the front door of the Regency Grand Hotel and signals to Molly, who is standing outside across the street, to send the text to Rodney. It said Help I'm at the front door of the hotel and they won't let me in. If I can't get you that key card, whatever will we do, Rodney <laughs> And then Rodney immediately responds, I mean B R T D G A I do not understand this and then she calls I don't know she calls Juan Manuel. What is he saying to me? He says be right there, don't go anywhere. And then Molly was like, "Thank you Juan Manuel. Our plan is back in action." <laughs> and then Molly crosses the street and just as Mr. Preston spots her, he dials the hotel phone. She could overhear him say, "Yes, urgently. She's here at the front door and she won't leave." And then he shouts after that he drops the phone. Molly What are you doing here? You can't be at the hotel today. I'm going to have to ask you to leave. Then he looks around to make sure people are watching. Then I have every right to be here. They just look at everyone then. I am an esteemed employee of this hotel and Molly, Mr. Snow, came out of the door now. I'm sorry to inform you that you are no longer employed at the Regency Grand Hotel. You must leave the grounds immediately. And she almost like broke down because she wasn't expecting that news. But I am a model employee. You can't just fire me without cause. Then, as you well know, this is cause, Molly. We need you off these steps now. This is inconceivable. I won't leave. You're disturbing the guests. Then, at this point, Mister Preston, Mister Preston discre- discreetly slips away into the hotel, and Molly continues her job of distracting Mister no- Snow and the guests at the lobby. And then a few, a few minutes later, Mr. Preston reappears. And then, Mr. Snow, let me handle this. Molly, a word. And so he brings her to a corner and then, you Molly, did it work? It did. I found Cheryl. I got what I wanted. How? I told her I knew she was stealing tips from other maids. She got so flustered she didn't even notice me pocketing her master key card from her cart. Here. And then he coughed. <clears throat> you take good care now, Molly. You run home now. You have no place being here. And then, of course, she couldn't leave yet because Rodney was not there yet. But then, as she was about to start her monologue, Rodney appears and pulls her away to retrieve the keycard of the black suite. She mutters to Rodney a good luck and then he runs toward the stairs. She checks her watch. 5.45. It's time. Time for step three of the plan. She places herself at the coffee shop across the street of the hotel, right by the window, so she has perfect view of the entrance. Her phone buzzed with a text from Charlotte, a thumbs up emoji, which they decided would be their signal for. Everything's going according to plan. It is now 5.59, any minute now. A few moments later, Molly could hear cars coming to a screeching halt from across the street. She could see several armed officers jump out of their vehicles and run up the stairs. There was nothing to do now but wait and make one more important phone call. Hello? Hello, Giselle? It's Molly. This was not a part of the plan. Molly, the maid, your friend. Oh my god, Molly, I've been waiting for you to call. I haven't seen you at the hotel. I've missed you. Is everything all right? I don't have time for niceties. I do believe this is one of the few situations in life when skipping the rules of etiquette is entirely impor- appropriate. You lied to me. Rodney's your boyfriend, your secret boyfriend. You never told me that. There's a pause on the other end of the line. Oh, Molly. And then she's crying now. I'm so sorry, Molly. I'm lost. I'm so lost. You made me move your gun. She said, (laughs) I know, I shouldn't have gotten you involved in my mess. I was scared, scared the police would find it and then everything would point to me. And I figured they'd never suspect you. The police found your gun in my vacuum. Everything's pointing to me now, Giselle. I've been arrested on so many charges and it was publicly announced a few minutes ago. God, this can't be happening. Do you realize that Rodney would frame me? Molly, I swear I didn't. The stuff Rodney made you do, cleaning rooms after his shipments, I only found out that on Monday morning. Before that, I had no idea. The black eye he has, that's because I hit him when he told me. We had a big fight about it. I told him it wasn't right, that you were an innocent, good person, and that he couldn't just use people like that. I flung my purse at him, Molly. I was so mad. You believe her? No. Did you know that they were running an illegal operation through the hotel? Yes. I've known for a while that's why we spent so much time in this fucking hotel but i'm telling you i had nothing to do with charles's murder rodney and i joked about it sure how we would fix our lives finally be able to be together openly just by offing his boss and my husband with the same bullet we even planned running away together far away and then it clicks the flight 18 already that you saw in giselle's purse to the cayman islands yes That's why I asked Charles to put the property in my name. I was going to leave him and run away, file the divorce from afar. Rodney and I were going to start a new life, a better life, just the two of us. But I never actually thought, I didn't know Rodney could actually be capable of- Giselle, are you at the hotel now? You're in your room? Yeah, a princess locked in the tower. (laughs) Molly, you have to let me help you. I'm going to speak out, okay? I'll tell the police it was my gun. I'll even tell them that Rodney and Charles were running a cartel. I'm gonna get you cleared. I promise Molly, you're the only one true friend I ever had. Giselle, you need to listen to me. You need to listen very very carefully, okay? Can you get to the Cayman Islands? Yeah, I have a, I have open tickets. I can go anytime. Do not contact Rodney. Do you understand? Giselle, we don't have much time. I need you to do as I say and it has to be fast. Whatever you say, Molly. I want you to pack your basic necessities into a single bag. I want you to carry your passport and whatever money you have and I want you to run. Not on the front doors, but through the back. Right now. Do you hear me? But what about you? I can't just let you. If you are a friend, you will do this for me. I am not alone anymore. I have real friends. True ones. I'm going to be fine. I'm, I'm asking you to do as I say. Go now, Giselle. Run. And then she didn't even let Giselle speak, she just hung up. And then Molly turns her head towards the hotel entrance. Rodney's head is being pushed down into the back seat of the police cruisers. Several of the officers who ran into the hotel a few minutes ago were standing guard at the bottom stair. And then she remembers her grandma's words. Everything will be okay in the end. If it is not okay, it is not the end. (laughs) So back at her apartment, it was decided that Juan Manuel would stay over at Molly's for the time being since he didn't have um, money to pay rent. Later that day, Mr. Preston and Charlotte made an unexpected visit together with Detective Stark at Molly's apartment. So, she explained that the current charges against Molly had been dropped and that the several drug-related offenses, possessions of an illegal firearm, threatening an officer, and first-degree murder had been charged to Rodney. (laughs) ni Detective Stark But to be perfectly honest, we're going to need your help to make that charge stick. There are still a few things we can't figure out. When we first went into the black suite that day you found him, Molly. There were no traces of Rodney's fingerprints anywhere in that whole suite. In fact, there were hardly any prints anywhere. Any traces of your cleaning solution were found on Mr. Black's neck. Because I checked his pulse because... Yes, yes, we know, Molly. We know you didn't kill him. It's my fault, Sabini, Molly. When I clean a room, I leave it in a state of perfection. If Rodney ever entered that room and left prints behind, I would have wiped them away without even knowing it. I'm a good maid. Maybe too good. You may be right, Molly. You should have been so detective. And then several months later, Molly got her job back. She had been promoted to head maid. Cheryl had been demoted (laughs) to regular maid. And then there was a new maid on their team, Ricky Sunshine Sun. And then he was what Molly called a keeper. So she and Juan Manuel were officially boyfriend and girlfriend. They moved in together. Juan Manuel eventually received his working permit. And today, they would be celebrating at Olive Garden. Since yesterday, they had both recently took the stand in trial against Rodney. She remembers one of the questions Charlotte asked her. Tell the court, Molly. Did you see anyone in the suite or in the hallways? Anyone who might have had the missing pillow? This was the part she'd never discussed with anyone, Molly. Not even Charlotte. But she prepared herself for this moment. She practiced night after night. I wasn't alone in the room, Molly said. I thought I was at first, but I wasn't. Then Charlotte, Molly, what are you talking about? After I called down to reception for help the first time, I put the receiver down. Then I turned towards the bedroom door, and that's when I saw it. Molly, I want you to think very carefully before you speak. I'm going to ask you a question, and you're going to tell them the absolute truth. What did you see? There was a mirror on the far wall in front of me. A mirror. And what was reflected in it? First, myself, my terrified face staring back at me. Then behind me, to my left, in the shadowy corner, was a person. And was this person holding anything? A pillow. (laughs) Murmurs traveled through the crowded courtroom. The judge called for order. Molly... Is the person you saw standing in that dark corner present today in this courtroom? Yes. I'm afraid I would not be comfortable saying because you don't know. Because at that precise moment when I turned from the mirror to get a direct look at the figure in the dark corner, I fainted. And when I woke up, the person wasn't there anymore. Of course, Abby Charlotte, you have a history of fainting spells, don't you? Detective Stark testified that you fainted once at the front door of your upon your arrest. Is that correct? Yes, I faint when I'm under extreme duress. I was also under extreme duress when I looked into that mirror and realized I wasn't alone in the hotel room. What happened when you came to it? When I regained consciousness, I called reception for the second time. But there was no one in the room at that point. Just me. Well, uh, me and the corpse of Mr. Black. Is it possible, Molly? I'm not saying it was, but is it possible that the person in that dark corner was Rodney Stiles. The lawyer ni Rodney, Objection! Leading the witness. Sustained. Counsel, do you wish to rephrase your question? No further questions. Thank you, Molly. And then cross-examination. Eh? So during cross-examination when Rodney's lawyer was now drilling her questions, he yeah. Molly, there's something I still don't understand about your story. You were brought to the police station several times. You were given ample opportunity to tell Detective Stark about the figure in the corner of the hotel suite that day. Doing so might have exonerated you, and yet time after time, you never mentioned seeing someone in that room, you never said a single word, and if your lawyer's behavior means anything, it sure seems like she didn't know until today either. Now why is that, Molly? Is that because no one was actually there, or is it because you're protecting someone else? Or is it because when you looked in that mirror, all you saw was your own guilty face reflected back at you? Objection. Badgering. Sustained. I'll rephrase my question. Did you lie to Detective Stark when you first told her about what you saw in that hotel room? I did not lie. On the contrary, you've all read the transcripts. Perhaps you even watched the video of my testimony on that very first day I was interrogated at that filthy police station. One of the first things I said to Detective Stark was in no uncertain terms, was that when I announced my arrival in that suite, I thought someone was there with me. I asked her specifically to write that detail down. But the detective obviously assumed you meant Mr. Black. And that's why assumptions are dangerous, she said. Ah, so you omitted the whole truth. You refused to clarify. That too was a lie, Molly. And can you please enlighten us, Molly, as to why you failed countless times to clarify to investigators your claims that someone else was in the room and that this person was holding a pillow. Because I wasn't 100% sure what it was I'd seen. I've learned to doubt myself and my perceptions of the world around me. I do realize I'm different, you know, different from most What I perceive isn't what you perceive. Plus, people don't always listen to me. I am often afraid I won't be believed that my thoughts will be discounted. I am just a maid. A nobody. And what I saw in that moment, it felt like a dream. But I know now that it was real. Someone with a deep motive killed Mr. Black. And that wasn't me. So that was the end of the story. Pero here is the epilogue. So the story continues after that. It wasn't a man. The figure in the corner. When Molly woke up, she found herself on the floor beside the bed. Someone was fanning her face with the hotel stationery. After a few deep breaths, she realized it was a woman. She was middle-aged, with salt and pepper hair, held back with the sunglasses propped up on her head. She didn't recognize her face. Not at first. Are you alright? Molly's first instinct was to reach for the phone again. Please, you don't need to do that. Please hear me out before you touch the phone. We don't have much time. Do you know who I am? My, my apologies, I'm afraid. Then recognition dawns. Mrs. Black! The first Mrs. Black. Mrs. Black, I'm terribly sorry to intrude, but I do believe that your former husband, I believe Mr. Black, is dead. My ex-husband was a cheater, a thief, an abuser, and a criminal. Mrs. Black, did, did you kill Mr. Black? I suppose that depends on your point of view. I believe he killed himself, slowly, over time, that he became infected by his own greed, that he robbed his children and me of a normal life. And he molded corruption and evil in just about every way a man can. My two sons, they're his clones, and my daughter, Victoria. All she wants is to clean up the family business, to run it with some decency. But her own father wants her to his own. I came only to talk to him, to ask him to give Victoria a chance. But he wouldn't let me. He was drunk, popping pills, slurring his words, muttering about Giselle being a gold-digging bitch just like me, and how we're both good-for-nothing wives. The two biggest mistakes of his life. He was obnoxious and a bully. In other words, he was his usual self. He grabbed me by the wrists. I'll have bruises now. Sorry, Molly. He beats Giselle too. Not anymore. He would have done worse to me, but he started to heave and pant. He let go of my wrists. Then he stumbled to his bed, kicked off his shoes and laid down. Just like that. Then her eyes darted to the pillow on the floor. Then away. Tell me. Do you ever feel like the world is backwards? Like the villains prosper and the good suffer? Yes, Mrs. Black. All the time. What if it were different this time? What if we took matters in our own hands and balanced the scales? What if you didn't see me? What if I just walked out of the hotel and never looked back? You'd be recognized, would you not? I doubt they will. I'm largely invisible. Just another gray-haired, middle-aged woman walking out the back door of the Regency Grand. Just another nobody. Invisible in plain sight, just like Molly. What did you touch? Somebody Molly. Excuse me? When you entered the suite, what did you touch? Oh, uh, I touched the doorknob, and probably the door itself. I, I didn't sit down. I couldn't. He was chasing me around the room, yelling and spitting in my face. He grabbed my wrist, so I didn't actually ever touch him. I took the pillow off the bed, and uh, that's it, I believe. They were both silent for a moment. Sabini Molly. you best be going. Please don't let me delay you. And what will you do when I'm gone? I'll do what I always do. I'll clean everything up. I'll wipe down the front doorknob, put the pillow on the floor in my laundry hamper. It will be cleaned in the basement and returned to another room in a state of perfection. No one will ever know it was here. Just like me? Yes. And after I've returned those few areas to a state of perfection, I'll call reception again and reiterate my urgent request for help. You never saw me. And you never saw me. Mrs. Black then left the room. And that was the last time Molly saw Mrs. Black, the first Mrs. Black, or didn't see her so much depends on your point of view grandma was correct after all about all of it about everything and she remembered the grandma's words the longer you live the more you learn people are a mystery that can never be solved life has a way of sorting itself out everything will be okay in the end if it is not okay it is not the end (laughs) that's the end um, Molly cleaned everything. Yeah. And Konwari wala si Mrs. Black. So where's the fourth pillow now? She that single pillow she put it in her trolley, and then she went to the basement, diba. Ah, okay. Is no CCTV sa hotel? I don't know it nga eh. hindi inano. You know, no. Tapos the doorman, diba she asked the day after, was there any person who visited Mr. Black or otherwise, friends or otherwise? Sinabi ni Doorman, no, he didn't notice. Kasi maybe cause nga invisible nga sa mata ng tao yun old lady. Or even if they had CCTV, baka, they didn't mm. think she was a person of interest. Kasi ang sikat na Mrs. Black is yun current wife, Si Giselle. What do you think of Molly hiding the secret? It's good. It's good. But you wouldn't. But, I don't know. But yeah, it's good. Um, it's it's good, good for it's, yeah. Rodney is a suspect for another crime. Yung yeah, I think she only said that in sa court, so she, he wouldn't be charged of murder. But everything drugs and everything. Mm. Yeah. That's the story of The Maid by Nita Pro. So, I'm going to find my own invisibility cloak right now. (laughs) Thank you for listening and watching. This has been Crispy. Crispy.